0: For you guys, as a primer of sorts for the Word of God, I would love for you guys to join me in clapping. Y'all ready? I say, Can't nobody do me like Jesus, can't nobody do me like the Lord. Oh, whoa, 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 some people aren't clapping. What's the deal? Y'all, this is a great instrument right here to clap before the Lord. I say, can't nobody do me like Jesus, can't nobody do me like the Lord, oh, can't nobody do me like Jesus, because he's my friend. Amen. I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I can sure worship Jesus, because this Jesus has changed my life, and I pray as we open up the Word of God today that we would see that it's not just for the musician. It's not just for the flautist, or the harpist, or the guitarist, or the pianist, or the singist. It's for every human being. Did y'all catch that one? The singist. It's for every human being created in the image of God Almighty. And so with that, I would encourage you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them today, to Psalm 40, because we are going to celebrate this great gift that God has given us, which is song. And though you might have felt a little uncomfortable just now, I pray in the name of Jesus that the enemy of your soul would not convince you that singing is inappropriate. Because there's no time in your life, no hardship you face, no amount of lost money, no amount of lost relationships will ever diminish your ability to connect with God Almighty through song. Because this is what we were created to do, and I didn't mean to preach before I read the passage. So why don't we stand up and let's turn to Psalm 40. I'm going to be reading the first three verses from the New International Version. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that your word would be enough. This is the word of God. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. This, brothers and sisters, is the word of God Almighty. Thank you, God. Let's pray. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would swing wide heaven's gates. And Lord, that our hearts might be swung wide open. And Lord Jesus, that we might let the king of the universe, the king of glory in today. Jesus, may you find fertile ground in this place, in our hearts, in my heart. Lord, do your work. And God, I ask in the name of Jesus that your spirit would fall afresh on us. Lord, that there might be a new song put in the heart of this collective church, this thing we call fellowship, Christ Community Church, Lord. Stir something in us, God, that we might be new song singers. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 You may be seated. How much are songs and singing and music... Are a part of your life. How much of it? Raise your hand if they are a significant part of your life. It's okay to raise your hand. It's okay to not to as well. But are they? I will tell you that in my family, we don't have a lot of virtuosos, but we got a lot of singuosos. It's nothing in my family for so, growing up for somebody to bust spontaneously burst into song. And if you've ever spent any time with me, you know I'm I'm likely to do that whether I'm here alone at the church, or whether I'm making dinner, or whether I'm getting ready to hop in the shower, or whether I'm drying off. Song, there's just something about song that does it for me. I'll give you some examples. We'll finish dinner, and often the dishes fail to find their way to their proper place. So as a quirky little thing, I'll just go, Why are the dishes on the counter? We all know they go in the dishwasher. So that might be one example. Another example, I might take a popular tune and just add my own, my own words to it. Carter, you are enough. Carter, even though you didn't clean your room, I say Carter. Jesus loves you. So I just make stuff up because there's a something about what the Lord has done where we can stir. I, Carter never leaves his room dirty, by the way. That was total fabrication <laughs> made up on my part. It was really my room that was dirty. But I like to take modern songs as well and baptize them. I'll just pretend like I'm praising the Lord. And if there's something that's inappropriate in there, I'll replace it with, to Jesus be the glory. There are a lot of ways that we can incorporate song into our lives. And, and now that I have two beautiful grandchildren in the house who just went out, one of my favorites is this one. And y'all join in if you've, you've heard it, but it's called Let's Go Swimming. Let's go swimming, let's go swimming. Anybody know it? Let's go swimming, let's go swimming, let's go swimming in the bottom of the ocean. Y'all ever heard that one? I hadn't either till Maisie and Remy came along. And now it's a regular part of our day. But there's something amazing about songs. We even sing happy birthday, even though it's no one's birthday in particular. We still sing a happy birthday song. Ask Alexa, if you have one, to sing happy birthday. There's all sorts of cool stuff on there, and we will do that with regularity. But you know, songs do something to our hearts. Something stirs within us that's just different and can be accomplished in no other way but through activating these things right behind your Adam's apple and coming from your gut and just allowing that song to come out. There's something about it. And you know, it's a well-documented phenomenon, the incredible impact that songs have on our psyche on our physical bodies, and, of course, on our souls. We were created with the eternal God song in our hearts. It even says in the Scriptures that God has set eternity in the hearts of men and women. We were born with this desire to pursue worship of the Godhead, three in one. And whether you like it or not, we're going to be doing that forever. And so this is why I'm so jazzed about this new series we're starting. Today's the first day of what we're calling the Song of the Lord. Can you go back one, um, please? Over the next couple of months, we're going to have all sorts of voices up here. We're going to have guests that are coming, some that are familiar, like next week, Brother Tom Foley's coming. He's just fresh back from uh, in and around the Ukraine, and so he's going to give us an update because our church has been... Uh, uh, not just supporting him in prayer, but of course we've leaned in as a church, both financially and otherwise, and so we're excited to hear what's going on. Um, And so he's just one of many, a bunch of our elders are going to be preaching through the Psalms and how the song of the Lord has personally impacted them, and so that's what you're going to hear from me today. I'm reminded of the passage from Zephaniah 3.17, which says this, The Lord your God is with you. He will take great delight in you. In fact, he will rejoice over you with singing. Have you ever thought about God singing over you? This is a reality from the scriptures that our God, the amazing God, the the three-in-one eternal God, who created the heavens and the universe, sings over you and you and you and you and you and me. That's just pretty cool as I think about it. And so it's out of this that we have a desire to see the Lord sing a new song over us. And we want to open ourselves and be availed to what the Lord wants to sing in us. And hopefully today, as, as we study Psalm 40 a little bit, My hope is that Jesus himself will reveal to us why songs of the Lord are so important. And hopefully he can sing three notes over us today, a C note, an A note, and a D note. And I'll tell you what those stand for in just a second. But let's start with the C note. In Psalm 40 verse 1, the first verse says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. I don't know if you've ever really studied this, but I don't think the NIV sort of captures fully what the essence of the Hebrew is for this particular initial opening. And in fact, I love Eugene Peterson's uh, rendition in the message. It says this, I waited and waited and waited for God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been waiting, what seems like waiting and waiting and waiting? And and I'm just sorry, I am not, there are a a lot of adjectives that could describe Tom White, but patient would not be in the top 10 for me. I don't like to wait for many things at all. But often I have found that I find myself waiting, God, when are you going to move here? God, when are you going to change such and such's attitude? Lord, when are you going to change my attitude? When, Lord? We wait and we wait. And I think as a society, would you agree with me that we've all, to a certain degree, grown impatient? I think that's sort of an understatement which we could preach on. But I want to tell us this that waiting is a discipline in the Christian journey. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, waiting is a common part of your walk with Jesus. And so I want to ask you, where are you in the waiting? Because this is where we find David, one of the most amazing, transparent, vulnerable, uh, open <laughs> uh, uh, songists uh, that the Bible even records. We see all sorts of emotions in him waiting in this moment on the Lord. Have you ever felt that coldness or perceived coldness from the Lord when you're waiting on your particular situation? We'll look at verse 2. He turned. Everybody say, Hey, he turned. He turned and heard my cry. Let that sink in for a minute. David says that at last, after waiting and waiting and waiting, at last the Lord turned to me. So you see how God has put his attention on David. And not only has he put his attention on, he's actually heard him. He's listening to him. And I mentioned just a second ago what that C note stood for, or, or what that uh, there's a C note that God's singing over us. I think that first C note stands for connection. Because it's at this precise moment where David was to able to make a connection with God Almighty, like a needle to an LP. Did you know uh, turntables won't play unless you put the needle on the, put the, needle on the record... Did y'all know that's how it actually happens? And did you know that sales nationwide of... They're kind of making a resurgence. Like, they sort of went out of vogue. I think they're super cool. They play an important part of my past, musically and otherwise. uh, But that's a story for a different day. But like putting the needle to the LP... God is making a connection with David because he's turning to him and he's listening to him. And I wonder, what could be more important than realizing in the name of Jesus that my God listens to me, turns his attention to me and says, Tom, what is it, son? I think we can pass by it as though it's not important, but it is vital that we have this connection with our Creator what if you were talking to me and I blew you off? And you're like, hey, Tom, uh da 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 which some of you have had that experience. <laughs> but then finally, I, I finally snap out of it and I look at you, and you know you've got my undivided attention. This is precisely what has happened to David. God has turned to him and he's heard his cry. Have you ever been in David's plight where you long to connect with God Almighty? I think many of us in here long to make a connection with God. And it doesn't matter if you're a seasoned believer or someone fresh to the faith or someone who doesn't even know Jesus as Lord. I believe because we're created in the image of God Almighty, we all long to make a connection with our Creator. And so when we sing the song of the Lord, it allows us to play this C note of connection. Have you ever tried to connect with God through song? Well, the duh answer, of course, is yes, because we all did that about 10 minutes ago when we were praising him, when we were singing songs, unless you stood in your seat and didn't hum or didn't do anything. We all had this opportunity to make a connection with God. And I want to ask a quick little question on this note of connection, Was your heart different after worship than when you came in? Mine too. So there's something about connecting with God. And let's keep going. Let's take a look at verse 2. So after God turns to David and after he hears his cry, God does something. It says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. Can you picture in your mind's eye what a slimy pit would look like? You know, kids have the wildest imaginations. You know, they think of everything from mushed worms to jello. But What comes to your mind when you think of a slimy pit, mud, and mire? Have you ever been stuck in your life? I think this is part of what I love about the Psalms, they're so open, they're so vulnerable, they're so real and transparent. If you've ever been in mud in central Virginia, by golly, you know how hard it is to get out of that. Have you ever seen the mud after a rain, not quite when it's dry, but it's also not pooled with water? I call it Vaseline, it's like walking in Vaseline. You just can't, you know, you, you're stuck. And this is what David's, or, or God is doing for him. He's pulling them, him out of it because you know what? David can't get out of the mud by himself, and neither can you. We cannot get out of the mud by ourselves. And I don't know if you can see it, but this pit that he's describing, this mud, this muck, this mire is really just an amplified metaphor for sin. Our sin is also grotesque, smarmy, wet, nasty. Because what our sin does is it signals to how completely separate we are from God. And this is what I love. What does God do for David? David. He grabs him, and he sets his feet up on a rock, giving him a firm place to stand. You see, God's not just simply content with singing a simple song of connection, I listen and I hear you, I see your situation. God actually activates and does something. He sets his feet on a solid place to stand. And I think this is a beautiful image for what Christ does for us as well. He takes us out of our place of sin and separation from God, and he sets our feet upon the rock. And we know Jesus is the rock because elsewhere in Scripture, it talks about the rock, the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. That's who Jesus is. Do you remember the song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul? Mal, you remember that? (laughs) I used to sing that over her when she was a young girl. I used to sing, Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I'll never let you go. Let God sing this over you. Get over the fact that I can't sing and just receive God singing over you. CAUSE I LOVE YOU AND I NEED YOU AND THOUGH MY WORLD MAY FALL, I'LL NEVER LET YOU GO. JESUS, LOVER OF MY SOUL, JESUS, I'LL NEVER LET YOU GO. YOU'VE TAKEN ME, from the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and now I know that I love you and I need you and though my world may fall I'll never let you go and see so what God is doing through song through this second verse where he says, he set my feet on a rock. I'll never let you go. I'm giving you a firm place to stand. This is the assurance of salvation. And that's the A note I want us to understand, the A note, assurance. You have assurance that your soul is safe from the fires of hell because of Jesus and what he's done for you. He's the only one that can pull you out of the miry pit. He's the only one. And so we have this assurance. And when David is singing about being lifted out of this pit and being given a firm place to stand, he's talking about just how great his God is and how assured he is of his salvation. Amen. I don't know if you were here last week, but Jeff, just prior to his departure into the nether of Subakitakul, He talked about in verse 5 of the first book of John, right, 1 John chapter 5, about the assurance of salvation. I'll read that passage again from verse 11. This is the testimony. Y'all ready for it? God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son, And so how sweet is it that centuries prior to that letter, David points us in the same direction. David prophetically was singing that God song that one day our feet would be set upon a rock and that we could not only have connection with God, but we could be fully assured of our salvation in Jesus. Hallelujah. And God's so good, he doesn't leave us there either. Look at the first part of chapter 40, verse 3. Now, I want y'all to perk up, because this is going to be some good stuff. I believe this is a word for our church in this next season. As we head into the summer months, I really believe God has put his hand on this. It says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God." Can we read that together? He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Hallelujah. So here's what's going on. God connects us with himself. He provides a solid place to stand. He assures us of our salvation. And now he's going to keep the needle on the record by singing a D note over us. And that D note, stands for deposit and what is that deposit it's the new song it's the song of jesus it's this song that is unlike anything we've experienced before or up to this point and so god wants us to receive a deposit from him Many of you who are familiar with the charismatic movement back in the 50s and 60s and 70s know that this movement began as a new thing that revolved around song. What artists of that day did was they took the illustrious words of the King James Bible. Remember that? That's the original Bible. Theological joke there, sorry. Um, uh, they took the illustrious language of the King James Bible and they did something unlike has been done. They put it to song. (laughs) Who knew? Did you know that you can scroll through any passage of Scripture and put it to song yourself? You can sing the song, "'If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation.'" Or as we were warming up, uh, I was sitting here talking to Joe. He, he played this, he wrote this song called Glory. And I thought, whoa, how beautiful and sublime. Out of the simple, something so simple, God can do such a powerful work. But in this, in, in this time, the, the, uh, the, the word of God was set to guitars, drums, uh, uh, all sorts of stringed instruments, strunged, stringed, which one's right here? Yeah? Stringed, stringed instruments, <laughs> strunged. Uh, so the stringed instruments, they were set to the language of the Bible. And you know what? This caught like wildfire from Baptist to Pentecostal to everywhere, you know, Calvinian Baptocostals, it hit every denomination in the church in America And this movement was carried by the Spirit, this movement of song, right up until the present day. And you know, as I said before, it doesn't matter if you can carry a tune or not. God just wants your heart. And so if you can get over yourself and just offer yourself before him, you might be shocked at what God can do in your heart through song. Just this week, I was feeling really discouraged, and here's my personal testimony part. I just came in here all alone, and I started to sing a song of the Lord. I started to sing this very passage that I'm studying, and I particularly, there are a lot of versions of Psalm 40. I like the one that U2 does. Um, in fact, they're one of my favorite bands. I'll shamelessly say that, um, and um, I just felt this darkness in my soul. And so I just came in here and I just started humming to the Lord and waiting on Him. I was just walking around. And I thought, just like the psalmist, how long, Lord, do I have to wait? And I said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He attended unto my cry. He set my feet upon the rock, pulled me out of the miry clay. And so I began to sing this new song. I began to say, Lord, forgive me for my sin. I was just singing it to a tune. Forgive me for my sin. And it's like within 30 seconds, I was changed. You know, it's kind of hard to be bummed out when you're singing. It's just hard. And I think there's something important to it because in our church tradition, we embrace this thing, this, this, this hard to explain, this hard to describe thing called the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord. You see, nothing ushers in the presence of the Lord like song. You know, Psalm 45 says a noble theme stirs the heart. And so why not engage and sing to the Lord? Some of you may have come from church traditions where that wasn't a thing. That's where I come out of. And there's no slam on those particular traditions, but I wanted to describe to you my first encounter with this song of the Lord, um, I was, a, I was a, a junior at the University of Richmond, and I got invited by the God Squad to go to a little fellowship in Richmond called West End Assembly of God. And I come from a church tradition that, you know, God. You know, I mean, that was, that was like the most excited they got. You know, stayed hymns. Again, there's nothing wrong with hymns. I don't want to slam hymns. It was just you could hear the dead lights dropping um, audibly. Um, but I walked into this place, and I'd never, ever been into any kind of fellowship other than, you know, seated, you know, you're sort of mumbling under. Your, that's a peeve of mine, by the way. It just bothers me when this Jesus character is open my Does it ever bug you when people are like, uh-huh. it, "It's like they, they, can, they can barely squeak out a noise when they're singing praise to the creator of the universe. I'm just thinking, but those very same people will throw a Pepsi cup six miles when their team doesn't score. I'm just going like, anyway, I digress. But I walked into West End Assembly of God on the second deck. So they had like a first floor and a second floor. And I walked in and all I can say is, is I just sensed something different. It, it was just different in there. And I, I came and found my seat, and I'm looking around, and I just remember feeling really awkward. Maybe as awkward as y'all felt when I started singing or as I've sung throughout this sermon. But I felt awkward, and I couldn't put my finger on why because I didn't yet know the Lord in that way. But I remember sort of struggling with it. Like, I was like, this is weird, Lord. Like, what's going on? And I remember him speaking to me very tenderly and saying, stay. And I stayed, and I actually uh, came back the next week. I came back the following week, and I hadn't even gotten saved yet. Like, But I, I can tell you this was part of my testimony, part of the trajectory of how god lifted me out of the miry pit of my own situation and it was through psalm the presence of the lord with a group of believers and so if you've ever wondered why christ community is so committed to worship here <laughs> we don't need much in fact even if joe bless you brother for for coming i mean for for leading us in song but if joe wasn't here guess what we're still gonna praise the lord That's why I started with the clapping, because unless you don't have arms, it would be difficult to clap then. But you can make a percussive sound. You can stomp, right? You can can bang your head. I mean, there's a lot of ways to make a song. And it's like God invites us into this, and I very much want to see this church explode with the praises of God. And so I don't ever want to leave uh, I, I don't ever want to be in a situation where we drone through our praise songs because I believe we insult the Father and the sacrifice that Jesus made when we don't recognize with all of our being. Again, don't mishear me. I'm not arguing for noise. I'm arguing for praise, that's, that God song, that desire to see God cast a new revelation and put that new song in our hearts. I'm a little off track here, but I'm sorry. Um, I know I asked this earlier, but I'd love to know where are you in waiting for this new song? Because God doesn't just leave us as a group. God wants to speak to us personally. God wants to turn his attention to you and listen and say, "I, I love you. What do you want to say, son? What do you want to say, daughter? And could it be that you ask for a new song? Could it be that you open your heart up, that God might actually be gracious enough to make a deposit into your heart? This this God is not a selfish, stingy God that we serve. He longs to fill you with his presence. He longs to buoy your spirit in the midst of the worst situation you could possibly be walking through, He is with us. And I think songs are so vital because they, they draw us into the heart of God. And I mentioned earlier that worship is what we were created to do. Listen to the words of Revelation 5. Right here in this moment, there are thousands upon thousands of angels. Who are bored out of their wits. It says they are in joyful assembly, thousands upon thousands. And where are they assembled? They're surrounding the throne of God. I think this is the most massive, awe inspiring mosh pit of a concert, eternal jam that we will ever imagine or think, because listen to Revelation 4. It says this, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to who? To him who sits on the throne and who lives forever. The four and 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne. And what do they do? They worship him. They worship him who lives forever. And so as we close, I want you to consider, has God given you a new song? Dot, 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 yet. If he hasn't, I want you to know something. This song of the Lord is available. Have you ever spontaneously prayed for anything? In other words, have you ever just said, God, I don't know what to do, help do you think it's possible then that maybe you could take that same prayer and just make up a little song about it? It's so accessible to open and avail ourselves to the song of the Lord. The question God would have of us is, are we willing? And so as I clo- I'd like to close us in prayer and just ask that as we as a church move into this new series, that God would truly give us the ability to connect with him, that he would assure us of our salvation and that he would deposit a new song into our hearts. We pray with me? Lord, as I look out, I just, over this congregation, I just see open vessels. And I see that in the spirit, God, that you have vessels you desire to fill. And so, Lord, just like the clay's Our clay pots dry up. We we, we get crusty at times, Lord. I just ask for new water, new wine. Lord, I ask for a great freedom in song. Lord, even if there have been times in our past where we've been in worship, and didn't we sing that refrain like five times already? Why do we keep doing that? Lord, I know sometimes it's hard for me to get something into my thick skull and my thick heart. And then suddenly I realize, oh, no, where there is new wine, there is new freedom. Mm, There is new power, and the kingdom is here. So, Lord, help us, we pray, as we seek to learn a new song. Lord, we just humble ourselves before you and say, fill these empty vessels. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.